This episode is brought to you by Paycor, the HR and payroll software made for leaders. It's never been harder to recruit, hire, and engage workers. That's why HR leaders and frontline managers depend on Paycor for all things people management, from onboarding and performance reviews to compensation and benefits. Learn more at paycor.com slash leaders. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Facebook Live, YouTube, and on Twitter. As always, I am Bryson Carver. We are presented by The Grid. We've got a packed show for you guys tonight. Uh, I'm about to start the show with what I think was one of the better losses I've seen by teams, certainly this season, but even in the last few years, and that actually being by a team I've been quite critical of, the Green Bay Packers. I'll discuss that in just a second. Also, speaking of good losses, let's talk about a bad loss. A bad Loss for Tampa Bay at, at the hands of the Cleveland Browns on Sunday afternoon in Ohio. I mean, bad loss. Going to get to that second topic of the show, okay? Uh, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals going on the road to Tennessee, being the Cincinnati Bengals. One of the more impressive wins I've seen from a team this season, given what Cincinnati did not have and what Tennessee did have and what Cincinnati was able to stop Tennessee from doing. I'll get to that also, by the way, being on the road. Number one segment I'm looking forward to today on today's show. That college football playoff. It's getting really dicey. Okay, it's getting very highly interesting considering who's still alive and who's dead. Who's, the, who's no longer got a shot to get in the college football playoff, at least in my estimation. I'll get to that later in the show at the end of today's show. Steelers, Colts. Pittsburgh's got a long winning streak against Indianapolis. Big game tonight. Monday night football. Got to predict that at the end of today's show. My predictions this week went pretty well. I think thus far I'm like, uh, gosh, what am I, 12 and 3, I think? I mean, I got the upset of the week, right? Jacksonville, Baltimore, what a game that was. Okay, I'll, I'll talk about that later in the show. Actually, on second thought, I think I'm 11 and 4. Anyways, let's talk about last night. So, Packers fans know that I have been highly critical of their team this season. Let me say this after watching that game last night. Packer fans, cheeseheads. That was one of the best nights for the Green Bay Packers in a decade. Because we knew that this team was going to go to the playoffs about two weeks ago. We certainly knew 11 days ago when they lost to the Tennessee Titans. They dropped to 4-7. The NFC is stacked with, with wildcard contending teams like Washington and the Giants and Seattle. That Green Bay's not getting in. You knew that going into last night. And despite your future Hall of Fame quarterback throwing two pretty bad interceptions, despite the fact that you fell behind 13 to nothing on the road against a team that 
ended up running all over you. And Matt LaFleur, for whatever wild reason, didn't get to the run game until they were down double digits, which hasn't that been a theme this year. Despite the fact that your defense gave up 40 points, and despite the fact that your Hall of Fame quarterback got hurt in the third quarter and did not return, the Packers lost by seven and put up 33 points. I'll sort of get to the Philadelphia side of this in just a second. But if you guys remember the Friday after the Packers lost to the Titans on Thursday Night Football, I said, Green Bay now at least has a plan. They, they have a, a direction that they can go. You start Aaron Rodgers against Philadelphia. You see what happens. If he wins, great. You still got an outside shot to get into the playoffs. If you lose, which was more than likely going to happen, okay, then you got a shot to start Jordan Love the last five games of the season, rest Aaron Rodgers. You're not going to play a, a, a guy in his 18th year in completely meaningless football games and get him hurt, which, by the way, he got hurt last night. So case in point. And if Jordan Love plays well, boom, we got a quarterback for the next 10 years. Perfect, because he's in year three. If he can't play now, you got to move on. And if he's not good, well, then you're probably not going to win a whole lot of football games, and you'll get a high draft pick, and there's a lot of quarterbacks available in this draft. So it was a win-win for Green Bay. Plus, either way, you'll trade Aaron Rodgers at the end of the season, get a, a haul for him. Look what Russell Wilson went for. Obviously, we know that's working in Denver, but... Russell Wilson should not go for more than Aaron Rodgers. I get he's younger and all that, but the, a team like the Jets or somebody, or like the maybe even the Giants, they will give up a haul for Aaron Rodgers. He can still play. He's not the MVP level Aaron Rodgers he once was even a year ago, but he's still a, a, a remarkable talent in this league. So Rodgers goes down. Green Bay's down double digits. And up until two minutes left, Packers had a shot to win that football game. Despite, again, Philadelphia, and we knew this about Green Bay. Green Bay cannot stop the run. That We've known that, that. That was an issue for them last year. But Green Bay gave up, this is remarkable, 363 rushing yards. They averaged giving up seven yards a carry. And an offense in Green Bay that's had one decent performance in the last month, that was against the Cowboys, put up 33. Jordan Love, cold off the bench, comes in. Six for nine, 113 yards, threw that touchdown to Christian Watson. He looked pretty good. He had some zip on the ball. He was throwing it with confidence. Uh, they were The announcers, Tariko and Collinsworth, were saying that Aaron Rodgers had told them before the game that he, he's he's... Um, he's light years ahead of what he was just last year. And we saw him in that one start when Aaron Rodgers was out with COVID against Kansas City. It was bad. Jordan Love did not play well. But if Aaron is telling the truth and given what we saw last night, they may have their quarterback for the next few years. But for Green Bay, what is great about them and we didn't know if this would be the case this season, but now we do. Because I thought the Packers going into the season have high expectations, Super Bowl aspirations. They do not, by any stretch of the imagination, have a Super Bowl roster, which I said coming into the year. And Lord knows they don't have a Super Bowl caliber head coach. 
And so I figure for Green Bay, it'd be a lot of back and forth, tug, tug, and war, uh, tug of war with, with the Vikings, and then Minnesota would eventually pull away with the division, which they have, uh, and then the Green Bay would be fighting to get, into, uh, get a wild card spot, and that doesn't happen. But that's a good thing, because what's happening now is actually better for the organization long term. Because if, if Green Bay goes 10-7, and 7, which they can't do now, obviously, they're 4-8. and eight. But had they gone 10-7, and seven, made the playoffs, and maybe, they, maybe they, they, they find a way to win a playoff game against the likes of a Philadelphia or a Dallas or somebody. Yeah, but then they get smoked by, like, San Francisco in the second round. Uh, that, where'd that get you? You're literally right back at square one with an aging quarterback, a coach that we don't really, all really trust, and certainly the roster is, is nowhere near being a Super Bowl caliber roster. As opposed to now, Jordan Love gets a five-game tryout. If he works, you move on with him next year. If he doesn't, you get a high draft pick. And as for Aaron Rodgers, you keep him on, on ice. Uh, reports are, again, I'm recording this in the morning, so this the show is not live. I'm recording this in the morning. From what we know now, a, a tweet came out from, I think it was Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter. They both put this out there. Uh, that Aaron Rodgers was, quote, worried that he punctured his lung last night when he was having a hard time breathing, but x-rays did not show that. Rodgers will undergo additional testing today on his ribs to see if there are any fractures. Again, today's show is not live, so I, I assume by now there's probably more information, but it looks like Aaron's going to be okay long-term, which is great. But if I'm Green Bay, he's not playing a game the rest of the season. Like, I, I'm not even dressing him. Like, if Jordan Love, knock on wood for him, if Jordan Love were to get hurt, I'm not, you know, Aaron's not going to be available to, 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 to play in the game. Okay, because if he suffers another injury or season-ending injury that could keep him out into next year, well, you just lost your best asset. You, you just lost your best opportunity to put pieces around your organization, whether that be players, whether that be draft picks that you can turn into players. But what happened last night for Green Bay is that finally, for the first time in a very long time, they have a direction moving forward. They, they seem to have a plan. And so, listen, it's, it's never good to lose in the NFL, obviously, and it was a valiant effort by a beat-up Green Bay team. But that was one of the best nights for the Green Bay Packers in the last 10 seasons because they finally have a direction moving forward. By the way, Green Bay is one of those well-run organizations. When they stink, they don't stink for long. If you remember 2017, Aaron Rodgers got hurt. S same thing happened in 2018. They missed the playoffs both years. What happened? He got healthy. They re you know, retooled the, the defense and, and, and his receiving receiving core. Three straight 13 win seasons. So this is, I'm not saying Jordan Love is Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, that's he's got a long way to go to even come close to that. But from what I saw last night, what the coaches and what other players have been saying about Jordan Love, I don't know. He's got a five-game tryout. It's going to be against the Bears, the Rams, the Dolphins, the Vikings, and the Lions. If he goes two and three, plays well in four of those games, he's the Packers' future quarterback. But either way, you move on from Aaron, you get draft picks. If Jordan Love doesn't work, then you're probably not going to win a whole lot of games. You get a high draft pick. By the way, either way, you're not making the playoffs, so the draft pick's going to be decent anyway. So it's kind of a win-win either way. There's a lot of good quarterbacks in this draft. As for Philly, if that to me was not further for the fourth straight game, vindication, this team is going to be one done in the playoffs, whether they win the division or not. 
whether they get the number one seed or not. This is a one-and-done team. Because we talked about the Packers can't stop the run, and they cannot. Neither can Philadelphia. If Green Bay committed to the run more, which in their defense they really couldn't because they were down double digits, so they kind of had to throw the ball, especially in the second half. Philadelphia gave up five yards of carry. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon both had a big night. They struggled a little bit with Jordan Love in terms of his mobility. They struggle with mobile quarterbacks. They struggle with Taylor Heineke. Heck, they struggle with a guy who's like a statue, Matt Ryan, last week. Again, this reminds me of a team that's living on borrowed time a little bit. Because, again, they struggled with Houston, who you saw what Miami did to Houston yesterday. Houston's the worst team in football. And Philadelphia, that was a game with about five minutes left until the Eagles, the clearly better team, finally pulled away. But they gave up a lot of rushing yards. Next week gets Washington. They gave up like over 200 rushing yards and got beat, despite their quarterback, Jalen Hurts, outplaying Taylor Heineke. Last week, it took Jalen Hurts being Superman to beat the now four and six Indianapolis Colts. Then last night, against a Packers offense that has really struggled, take the Dallas game out. In their last four games, they've scored 17, 9, 17. And then last night, 33. It's a problem. Turned the ball over, A.J. Brown. They got stopped on fourth and inches in their own territory. I mean, if you told me coming into this game, all right, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw two just terrible interceptions, one of them in his own territory. If you told me that the Eagles are going to drop 40 points, not only are they going to drop 40 points, they're going to rush for darn near 400 yards. I'm like, oh, crap, this thing, this thing was over. Oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers got hurt too. Oh, this thing's over halftime. You can't... No, Philadelphia like had to bleed the clock out with Green Bay using all their timeouts in the last minute. What? This team is a fraud. They are last year's Green Bay Packers. I'm telling you, I know people have compared them to the Cardinals because the Cardinals started undefeated and then kind of uh, uh, collapsed down the stretch. Philadelphia is not going to collapse down the stretch. They're better than Arizona's last year's Arizona team. Green Bay didn't collapse down the stretch last year. They were 13-4. and four. That, that's about what Philadelphia feels like right now, right? A 13 and 14. I made it very clear. I think they're going to lose three games the rest of the year. Tennessee, they're going to split with the Giants, and they're going to lose to the Dallas Cowboys on Christmas Eve. That's what I think is going to happen. But get to the postseason. Again, I'm not sure this Eagles offense is built to play from behind. Heck, they're barely, they're barely built to play from ahead, rushing for 363 yards on seven yards a clip. They it took him to the last minute to close out a 4 and 18 at home. Primetime, Sunday night football. You are way healthier than Green Bay. This is a one and done football team. Because lucky for Philly, they were playing Matt LaFleur. What's going to happen down the road? Heck, what's going to happen next week when they have to face Mike Vrabel, Brian Dable twice in the postseason when they have to face. Kyle Shanahan, possibly Pete Carroll. We know Seattle can really run the football. 
And Geno Smith this season has been better than Aaron Rodgers. So when we, when we talk about sustainability, when we talk about a team that is built or not built for the postseason, I'm sorry, this is not a team built for the postseason in the Philadelphia Eagles. That defense is struggling right now. And the offense, while highly impressive, Turned the ball over. A.J. Brown with the fumble, which got recovered by, I think, Quay Walker. The rookie picked that up. He played a good game yesterday, I thought. Jair Alexander, outside of a couple of big plays, did a good job on A.J. Brown. Devontae Smith was quiet. I'm just saying. If Jalen Hurts is phenomenal, and by the way, QBR 0 to 100, he had a QBR of 88 last night, they are highly vulnerable. I mean, again, you tell me. You tell me. Do you trust... Nick Sirianni more than you trust Kyle Shanahan. Do you trust Nick Sirianni more than Kevin O'Connell? Or Pete Carroll? Or Brian Dable? Mike McCarthy, okay, you can make an argument. Todd Bowles, maybe you can make an argument. Not those other guys. And by the way, at least Todd Bowles has, and I'll, I'm about to get to Tampa Bay in just a second, at least he has Tom Brady who's been here a time or two. He's danced this dance before. This is a one-and-done team. And about, and I said, if you guys remember, I said it was about this same time last year about Green Bay. I said they're one and done. They can't stop the run. Aaron Rodgers has to play nearly flawless. And Matt LaFleur's game planning, it's questionable. Just wait. Eagles fans, you're about to get your heart broken unless you tamper those expectations. Win the division or not. And it looks like they're probably going to. But whether they do or not, this team is is not going to win a playoff game. But <laughs> a team that I thought had a chance, at least on Friday, to win a few playoff games possibly, should they get the right matchups, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who were coming off of a bye week against a Cleveland Browns team that was playing really bad football. And they lost in overtime. Now, there's a lot of layers went into this game. Uh, first of all, I think Kevin Stefanski outcoached Todd Bowles. I, I have always defended Kevin Stefanski. He's a remarkable coach in this league. Again, think about the fact, excuse me, that Kevin Stefanski has won games. Baker Mayfield, Case Keenum, uh, with, with guys like, again, Jacoby Brissett this year. Now for the last six games of the season, Deshaun Watson comes back. But guys that played in two years, he's going to be rusty. Like, give this guy an elite superstar quarterback with his run schemes? Hey, there's a reason this guy won coach of the year two years ago. Kevin Stefanski is a great coach. And Jacoby Brissett, to his credit, played well when it really mattered. Made the throw of Mari Cooper with an ankle-snatching route, which got them into field goal range. But not in the field, well, yeah, into field goal range because he figured they would have won it in overtime, but they're like, hey, screw it. We got Nick Chubb. Let's go and win it with a touchdown. Not nah, trust our special teams. And they won the game 23-17. You know, I have always one of the reasons that we all have grown to know and many of at least many of us at least love Tom Brady. Those who aren't Tom Brady fans per se, you have to at least respect him for this, is give him the football with a chance. More times than not, he comes through. More times than not, what do you need? Okay. What when do you need Tom Brady to go pick up the grocery store? A field goal to win it, field goal to tie it, touchdown to win it. More times than not, he's delivered. He had three chances yesterday and didn't do it. Again, Cleveland scored that touchdown with uh, how, how much time was left? Was it 32 seconds? 32 seconds. 
Tampa couldn't get into field goal range. Some of that in Tom's defense. I didn't love the clock management on the part of Todd Bowles. Didn't love it. The fact that he kind of let the clock run when Tampa was trying to, you know, figure out what they're doing offensively, and Tom got the completion. Was it to Julio? Uh, yeah, Julio Jones to the Cleveland 48. If he had called a timeout earlier, probably would have had more than 12 seconds to where it's like you have to go to the sideline, otherwise you can't get in a field goal range because that's what, the, you know, the Browns going to be protecting the sidelines that the whole time. Tom got the ball twice in overtime. Punted twice. Matter of fact, Tampa Bay in the second half in overtime. Punt, touchdown. Punt, 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 punt. End of the fourth quarter, punt, punt. It's not going to work. That's not going to work. And Tampa Bay's offense all year has really struggled. And, you know, again, they they obviously did not have Leonard Fournette yesterday. Uh, I thought Rashad White did an okay job. Uh, I wish they had committed to him more often than they did. Tom Brady throwing the ball 43 times. You know, consider the fact that your offense is struggling. You might want to try something different if you're Byron Leftwich. But that's a bad loss for Tampa Bay. Your defense did all they could. Okay. I know people are going to be blaming their defense today because, well, they gave up the touchdown to tie it, and then they gave up the touchdown to win it at the end of overtime. Their offense had given them literally anything. After the second drive of the second half, they'd have won the game. This episode is brought to you by Paycor. Paycor empowers leaders to build winning teams. With Paycor, leaders can recruit, onboard and train employees, set goals, and drive performance. If you're a leader, everyone depends on you. Who do leaders depend on? Paycor. Learn more at paycor.com slash leaders. Tampa Bay just gets a field goal in the fourth quarter. They win the game. That touchdown in the fourth quarter for Cleveland doesn't mean anything. Except for Vegas, because I think Tampa was a three, three and a half point favorite. So that didn't matter for people betting the game. Would have meant absolutely nothing in terms of the outcome. Who would have won, who would have lost. And when you look at Tampa Bay's offense this year, it struggled, guys. It struggled. 19, 20, 12, 31, 21, 18, 3, 22, 16, 21, 17. Only once have they broken 30 this year. And I said after the, the Ravens loss on that Thursday night a few weeks ago, I said, we're not seeing Tom Brady's not washed. He's not Russell Wilson. He's not Matt Ryan. But we are seeing the decline. You see, the arm isn't what it used to be. He seems a little, still a, a tad uncomfortable in the pocket. Okay, he seems a little antsy back there. Um, we're seeing the decline of Brady. Does, doesn't mean he's not still can't still play at a very high level, because I think he can. But at some point, it's got to be on Tom at least a little bit. I mean, and I talked about this against the Ravens. A lot of blame. Well, Julio Jones hasn't produced what you thought he would. Well, Mike Evans isn't that guy anymore, and Chris Godwin isn't that guy, and they're missing Gronk. Well, at some point, it's got to point to the quarterback, because I think Mike Evans is still a top-flight receiver in this league. I still think he is a mismatch nightmare for any defensive football. Chris Godwin, when he is healthy, is a darn good receiver. Julio Jones, when he get him the ball, he's still a good playmaker. He's obviously not what he used to be in Atlanta, but he can still make plays with the ball in his hands. And now Tampa Bay just lost Tristan Wirfs, by the way, due to injury. We're not sure what the extent, again, at the time of this recording, not sure what the extent of that injury is, but he was carted off, which is never a good sign. So for Tampa Bay, 
again, I, I don't want to take any credit away from the Browns. They played well. But there's no reason whatsoever the Bucs should have lost this game. They got the better quarterback. They had the healthier roster overall. They were coming off of a bye week. I mean, I know some idiot drove out on the field in a truck and screwed the field up before the game. Maybe that had something to do with the playing surface. But at the end of the day, this is Tom Brady we're talking about. This is a Buccaneers team that we expect to be in a weak NFC contenders. Because I've talked about the best team in the NFC, I think we all agree for the most part, is the San Francisco 49ers. But we just don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. We're just, uh, we don't know. Everything else, we're like, oh, it's phenomenal. And then also something, too, health is a concern. Christian McCaffrey's at injuries. Debo Samuel's still dealing with injuries. Trent Williams has gotten hurt this year. Like, we we have a little bit of concern in the, on the injury front, but that 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 could go for every team. It's football. It's, it's, it's a collision sport, not a contact sport. But Jimmy Garoppolo is the one guy in the 49ers we don't trust. But if you look everywhere else in the NFC, we trust Mike McCarthy in Dallas to not commit 13, 14 penalties. We trust Daniel Jones with the Giants, or we trust Seattle. I love, listen, Geno Smith's been a great story this year, and he's played so well. Played well yesterday. But do we trust him to beat Tom Brady? Do we trust him to win more than one playoff game if they even get that far? Washington, Taylor Heineke. Like, there's a lot of massive question marks. Philadelphia, I just talked about, right? Cannot stop the run. They are completely reliant on Jalen Hurts. We're not really sure about Nick Sirianni. Tampa Bay's got a, a guy who's danced this dance more than anybody in the history of the league. And I know we're seeing the decline, but he's got to be better. If you look at Tom Brady's numbers this year, okay? When we talk about QBR, he's 18th. Touchdowns, 15th. Now, I know the yards are up, but so are the attempts. And it's not like he's he's pushed the ball down the field a whole lot. He's kind of been checked down Tom a little bit. Uh, and, you know, they called Brad Johnson back in the day, the Super Bowl-winning quarterback for the Buccaneers back in 2002. They called him Captain Checkdown. Starting to see that a little bit from Tom. Push the ball down, down the field at least a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a suggestion. You've got the weapons to do it. And, by the way, some of the blame goes on Byron Leftwich. I haven't loved how he's, he, he called that game yesterday. Considering that the Browns were reeling defensively, they had some injuries, and, and for some very odd reason, they left Tristan Wirfs, and then in overtime, his backup one-on-one with Miles Garrett. Explain why that's a good game plan. Like, you don't leave your, your, your tackle one-on-one with Miles Garrett or with Micah Parsons or with TJ Watt. You don't do that. That's not, that's not a recipe for winning. So blame goes on everybody in Tampa Bay. I, I Honestly, I can't put that much blame on the defense. If you watch Devin White, holy smokes. I thought Devin White was the best player on the field yesterday for both teams. He was phenomenal. He was all over the place. Again, <laughs> Tampa's defense did all they could. I mean, again, I talked about the Buccaneers drive in the second half. How about Cleveland's? Punt, punt, punt. Turnover and downs, punt. Could Tampa answer? Could Tampa put some points on the board? Literally just a field goal, they win the game. Coaches talk about it all the time. I know it sounds cliche. I know we all roll our eyes at it. But there's some truth to it. Complimentary football. When your defense is playing well, when your defense up until 32 seconds left in the game has given up 10 points, you got to back them up. 
It's just like I talked about remember, a few weeks ago with the Cowboys when they lost the Packers, and everybody's blaming Dak and, and McCarthy and everybody. And I said, guys, they put up 28 points. They had a 14-point lead. And they need, I need the defense against a bad offense in Green Bay to get one stop. Likewise for Tampa. I need one drive. I need one drive in the fourth quarter. If you can't do that, okay, fine. It's going overtime. Need one drive in overtime. Got the ball twice. Couldn't convert either time. It's not a good loss for Tampa Bay. And uh, they got the Saints next week on Monday Night Football, which, you know, we we know the Saints have, have written. Listen, the Saints are 4-8. and eight. They struggled. They got shut out 13 to nothing yesterday by San Francisco. But we know about Dennis Allen. And no defensive coordinator this side of Wade Phillips has had as much success against Tom Brady than Dennis Allen. I mean, I know Dennis Allen isn't the defense coordinator more. He's the head coach. But still, if you look at that first game against the Saints, I think Tampa Bay hadn't scored a point up until midway through the fourth quarter. And then you look at the last two years of the regular season, Saints win all four of those games, and Tom played badly in all of them. So Tampa's got to be very, very careful. Okay, the last two home games against the Saints, the first one in 2020, which was their Super Bowl, Super Bowl winning year, they got beat 38 to three. Last year, they got shut out nine to nothing. Saints didn't even score a touchdown. Had Taysom Hill starting at quarterback. Couldn't score a point. So Tampa Bay's got the Saints next week. We know the success the Saints have had. Tampa's a six-point favorite in that game. Right now, I think I might take the Saints and the points. Then they got, God, their closing schedule. At the 49ers, that's tough. Home against the Bengals. See how they're playing without their best players. About to talk about Cincinnati in just a second. At Arizona, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. It's no, it's no cupcake. Carolina, and then Atlanta. And Atlanta's no pushover. We know that. Reboot your credit card with Apple Card. It gives you unlimited daily cash back that can earn 4.15% annual percentage yield when you open a savings account. A high-yield, low-effort way to grow your money with no fees. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone to start earning and growing your daily cash with savings today. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings is available to Apple Card owners. Subject to eligibility. Savings accounts by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Terms apply. These next three games are going to be huge for Tampa. Now, if you want to say, if you're a Buccaneers fan, say, Bryce, what's the good news? Well, the good news is you play in the NFC South. And if you win that crappy division, you get a home playoff game. Simple as that. You get a home playoff game. Carolina stinks. I, I know they won yesterday, but Carolina's not going anywhere. They have yet to win a road game this season. Plus, they're on a bye, so Tampa can, can gain more, a little bit more ground on them next week. Uh, the Saints are 4-8. and eight. Not playing good football. Uh, I don't see why. Listen, I, I know Jameis wasn't playing well to start the season. Outside of one game, Andy Dalton hasn't looked look that much better. So I go back to the J, Jameis Winston. I have the Saints. That's just my opinion, given what I've seen from Andy Dalton re recently. But the Saints are four and eight. The Falcons lost yesterday. They're five and six. You play in the NFC South. You win the division, which at this point. I'm not sure eight, nine wins doesn't win the NFC South. It probably does. And if you do that, you get a home playoff game. Now, you'll probably play second place in the NFC East, whether that be the Cowboys or the Eagles. That's no cupcake. But you can win that game. If you get the right matchups, you could very well make a run. But offensively, they have got to clean up the little mistakes and just the simple adjustments. Leaving Miles Garrett one-on-one -on -one with your backup left tackle. That's, that's, that's a recipe for disaster. Unless you have Lamar Jackson who can get out of there quickly, 
that, you know, Tom Brady isn't exactly Lamar Jackson in terms of mobility. I think we all know that to be a fact. Not a good loss, though, by the Buccaneers. Um, moving on to what, to me, was the, the, the number one early window game that I had to see. Cincinnati, Tennessee. Now, that was my if I were a Batman pick. And by the way, guys, for the record, of my three sort of segments every Friday when I predict all the Sunday games in the NFL, uh, upset of the week, if I were a betting man, and Bryson's bleak bet. Would you believe that if I were a betting man, I got the worst record? I'm 5-7 and seven now. Whew, humiliated to say that. The bleak bet, I think, was Arizona over the Chargers yesterday, which if, if char- Chargers don't convert a two-point conversion, I get that one right. But I did get my upset of the week right. Right on the money. Jacksonville over Baltimore. I'll sort of touch on that later in the show. But as for Cincinnati-Tennessee, really, really interesting football game. Kind of goes back and forth. There was that really funky play where they threw, threw the screen pass to Derrick Henry. He took it, I think, 76 yards. Bump gets, gets stripped inside the five-yard line, but Traylon Burks scores his first NFL touchdown on a fumble recovery as a wide receiver, Okay, which I'm sure is exactly how he drew it up, exactly how uh, he, he thought it would go. But I'll tell you, that was one of the more impressive wins of the season I've seen from the Cincinnati Bengals. You don't have Joe Mixon, which we know he's capable of. Ask Carolina. You have had Jamar Chase the last few games. And you go on the road against a team that has lost one game since week two. And as I have said over and over in the show, that one loss is one of the best losses of the NFL this season. Because you had your backup quarterback who completed a grand total of five passes. You did not get a first down in the second half. And the game went to overtime at Arrowhead Stadium. It's the most impressive loss of the season. That's the Titans' only loss since week two. Cincinnati goes on the road to Tennessee. Wouldn't say it's a hostile environment. You know, it's a, the, Tennessee's not an easy place to win, but it's, it's, let's just say Nissan Stadium is not near as loud as Neyland Stadium. We'll put it that way. They stopped Derrick Henry in his tracks. Derrick Henry averaged two yards a carry. And it isn't like Tennessee didn't commit to him. He had 17 carries. But they're, the better offense for Tennessee, and this never happens, was Ryan Tannehill. I thought Ryan Tannehill was all right. Almost threw for 300 yards, right? Moved the ball down the field, wasn't able to really convert in the red zone. And Tennessee would have gotten the ball back if not for that penalty on the field goal for Tennessee late in the fourth quarter with under two minutes left. But I got to say, man, that is, those are the type of games why you pay your franchise quarterback big money. This is why Joe Burrow is going to get a massive contract after the season. You know he's feeling good about himself. He Man, the money this dude's going to get in like March or just whenever, whenever in the summer, whenever they finalize the agreement, whatever deal it's going to be, <laughs> Joe Burrow's going to get paid. 65 QBR, 91 pass ring, 270, but did not turn the football over. He was efficient. He spread the ball around. By the way, love what Samaj P. Ryan did yesterday. Samaj P. Ryan, one of the more underrated backup running backs in the NFL. You know, he had he had 58 yards on 17 carries, but he did have the touchdown. But, you know, this is a team that Cincinnati beat in the playoffs, and so part of the reason I picked Tennessee was A, the injuries to Cincinnati, B, Mike Vrabel gets 10 days to, pre- to prepare for you, and C, 
the revenge factor. These two teams don't really like each other just because of how that last playoff game went in January. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tennessee was the number one seed, and we're one and done, thanks to Joe Burrow and that Cincinnati defense. So this was a game they had scheduled on their that they had circled on their schedule back when it came out in May. They've been waiting on this game for a very, very long time. So if the Bengals come on the road, beat the Titans, again, Joe Burrow missing his number one receiver, his number one running back, come in, outduel Ryan Tannehill. I know that doesn't sound like a huge accomplishment. It's not like you outduel Patrick Mahomes. But Ryan Tannehill, I've always defended. I think he's a good, solid starting quarterback in the NFL. Franchise guy? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I don't think he's as good as Kirk Cousins which to me is kind of like the lowest bar of a franchise quarterback is Kirk Cousins, Kyler Murray. But Ryan Tannehill is an absolute starter. He's not like on the low-end starter, high-end backup. He is a solid starter in the NFL. But with that said, highly impressive win by Cincinnati. That is a Tennessee defense that has played very well this season. You saw what they did to the Packers. I'm not going to say what they did to the Broncos because a lot of that's the Broncos doing it to themselves. But they held the Broncos to 10. Kansas City only scored 20. And Patrick Mahomes threw the ball 68 times. And Kansas City took them overtime just to get 20 points. Okay? They held the Texans to 10. Texans stink. Okay? Colts to 10. Commanders to 17. This is a good Titans defense. And what it really mattered most, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins. It's a lethal connection. Big, strong, fast, physical wide receiver. You know, T. Higgins is a problem. We saw, you know, we obviously said that first play of the second half of the Super Bowl. We all remember him pushing off of Jalen Ramsey. That was should have been offensive pass interference. It wasn't. But again, big physical presence in the outside. And if you leave him one-on-one, I don't, I'm not betting on you. I'm not liking your chances in that matchup. And Joe Burrow understands that. He takes advantage of that matchup. Good win for the Bengals in the road in Tennessee. Now, before I get to the college football playoff which is the segment I'm looking forward to the most on the show. Uh, there are a few games I wanted to get to, the rest of the games uh, in the National Football League. So first of all, you had the Dolphins bludgeoning the Texans. I think the most interesting thing from this one is A2 obviously played very well, uh, although he got, like, sandwiched, like, bent in half in the, I think it was in the third second or third quarter, one of the two. And it didn't look good, but he got up. He was fine, thankfully. But, you know, two is not a big, strong athlete. So when stuff like that happens, you, like, really hold your breath, hope that something bad doesn't happen. But Tua, once again, 82 QBR, 96 passer rating, 299, a touchdown, played very well. I saw a quote from Brandon Cooks, the receiver for the Texans, who we know wanted to be traded from Houston. He didn't want to be there anymore, which, can you blame them? They're 1-9-1. and But Brandon Cooks was asked, by the media, when did you know the game was over? He said when we walked out. It's like, oh, okay then. Well, tell us how you really feel. But that's that's the reality of, of this Houston-Texas team. They're not very good. Very good shot. They're going to get the number one pick in the draft and take a quarterback. But 
listen, I, I don't I don't blame Brandon Cooks for not wanting to be there. But Miami was supposed to win. They did win. Although they barely covered 14 point favorites. They won by 15. So a little bit of Texas had the ball late with Kyle Allen, had you know a little bit of a scare uh in, into those betters who took Miami minus 14, but they covered. <laughs> Jets beat the Bears 31-10. Mike White, 22 for 28, 315 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. QBR 0 to 100 of 92 and a passer rating of 149. How did I not see this coming? I knew Mike White would play decent. Chicago's missing a lot of starters. They really struggled in the second half on defense ever since they traded Roquan Smith and, and Robert Quinn. But man, Zach Wilson's not getting his job back. Okay, that's just here to tell you right now. Zach Wilson's not getting his job back. If Zach Wilson plays this year, because part of the reason I didn't think I don't think he dressed for this game, you saw him on the sideline during the national anthem in street clothes. Part of the reason I don't think he dressed was because Robert Sala was trying to make a statement, not just by benching him, but just saying, you're not going to be available to play, period, even though you're totally healthy. I think he'll be back probably next week. Who are the Jets? The Jets got the Vikings next week. Zach Wilson will probably be on the bench, probably be uh, uh, the backup to Mike White. But in, listen, here's the thing. We have seen this before. Mike White did do something very, very similar to the Cincinnati Bengals. But when we talk about productivity with a highly talented Jets receiving core, oh no, Garrett Wilson looked good. Okay, Elijah Moore looked good. Have a guy distributing to the distributing distributing them the football accurately. Playing turnover-free football. Oh, no. That defense for the Jets? I'm not sitting here to say they're going to be like a Super Bowl contender because they're not. They're, I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. They could win a playoff game. And again, I think a lot of this comes into play when we talk about the future of the Jets at quarterback. Zach Wilson's not the guy. Like, can we move on from that? Zach Wilson doesn't work. So you're like... <sighs> I don't know, is, is, is Mike White work? He's kind of been around the league a little bit. He was he was the third string, or he might, might have been the fourth string in Dallas for a little while. Like, I don't, I don't know. We're kind of hesitant on this guy. Okay, that's that's fine. Use this as a sort of, this, here, here's what this is. This is Jordan Love, but with a winning team. Jets are seven and four. Very good shot. They're going to make the playoffs. You got Mike White in there right now. This is his tryout to be the Jets starting quarterback next season. Because if he plays well, they get to the playoffs and say, even if they lose, but Mike White holds his own. It'll be his first playoff start. He's probably the guy next year. He's cheap. Guys like him. He's more accurate than Zach Wilson. He plays better within the offense than Zach Wilson. He's not a freelancer. He's better, a lot better in, in, in press conferences than Zach Wilson, as we've grown to learn and understand. He's more coachable than Zach Wilson. This is a great opportunity for Mike White to prove that he's the guy moving forward for the New York Jets. So good for him. You know, good for uh, uh, the Jets. Good, good, big, big win. I know my guy, Alfred Parsar Jr., host of the Rocket Fuel Jets podcast. Please go check that show out on the grid. Great show. He also did an IG Live yesterday before the game. He was at MetLife yesterday. and uh, But we were talking about it. He's, he's feeling good. Don't blame him. My man, John Rivera, big Jets fan. He's feeling good. Okay? Jets fans. 
you should feel good because you've got your starting quarterback for the rest of the season. Like that one game that Mike White has played this season is better than any single game Zach Wilson played this season. Heck, I think Joe Flacco was better than Zach Wilson's been this season. That's why that Flacco would get the job. Then with Mike White, obviously the right decision, go in by the New York Jets. Commanders beat the Falcons 19 to 13. Taylor Heineke, those numbers are not going to blow you away. He's through for 138 yards. QBR, all right. Pass rating doesn't impress you a whole lot. But what is he now? Five and one, eight touchdowns, five picks. He's playing pretty clean football. I think he had an interception yesterday, but for the most part, playing within the offense, relying heavily on the run game. This is the Washington team, very much like the Jets, where solid running game, really good defense that's playing much, much better than it did at the start of the season. You've got a, a Super Bowl head coach in Ron Rivera. Guys won coach of the year back in 2015. He might have actually won also in 2013, if I'm not mistaken. But good coach, good running game, offensive line's playing well. You've got a really good receiving core. you got, you know, uh, Terry McLaurin, obviously, and Logan Thomas is a good tight end. They think Chase Young might be ready to go next week. I know we say that every week, but at some point, he should be ready to go. Uh, commanders are very much a factor to uh, to make the playoffs in the NFC, so good win for them. I want to spend as little time on this topic as possible. Panthers beat the Broncos 23-10. to I did pick Carolina to win this game, although it's not saying much. <laughs> so, you want to go over the Broncos' uh, point totals? Because I, I did that with Tampa Bay. So let's do it with the Broncos, shall we? 16, 16, 11, 23, 9, 16, 9, 21, 10, 16, 10. Russell Wilson, a 29 QBR yesterday, folks. He is 28th in touchdown passes, and he is 30th in QBR. I Again, I've never seen the fall of a player so quickly. And at a pretty young age, Russell's only 34. I've never seen the fall of a player this quickly with this a guy at this age that I have with Russell Wilson. But I guess it goes to show you the way Geno's playing. I know the Seattle Seahawks lost yesterday, but Geno played well. goes to show you. Seattle didn't only help Russ develop, they made Russ. They are the reason Russ is even relevant. That and Russ obviously has a, a uh, celebrity wife. Only two things that kept Russ relevant. Celebrity wife and, a, and, and Pete Carroll and last year, Shane Waldron, who to me should be up for assistant coach of the year. Man, the Broncos stink. And you saw the defensive lineman for the Broncos. Russell must have said something to him. And defensive linemen don't, heck, they rarely talk to quarterbacks, much, much less give him crap on the sideline. And he goes right up to Russ and is getting in his face. I'm telling you, when you hear the reports that came out of Seattle, the reports that have come out of Denver, now we're seeing it. So that that's just confirmation of everything that we've been hearing for the longest time now, really ever since the season started. So... Yeah, uh, not, not a shocking loss by the Broncos. Upset of the week came to fruition, ladies and gentlemen. Jaguars over the Ravens 28-27, to and it was a nail-biter. Okay? So you got Jacksonville. Down seven. No timeouts. Trevor Lawrence gets sacked on the second down inside of his own 15, I think it was. Overcame it. Minute and a half left. Drove the Jags all the way down the field. Threw the touchdown pass. 
to, we thought to tie the game because we assume they're going to go for the extra point. They don't. I tweeted as soon as they decided they were going to go for two and go for the win. I said, I agree with this call, whether they make it or not, because you're playing Lamar Jackson, your defense is struggling, go in and win the game right here. What do they do? They win the game. Trevor Lawrence with the pass to, uh, what was his name? Uh, Zay Jones on the two-point conversion left side on the pylon. Not sure what the Jags were doing, doing a squib kick. Gave the Ravens a chance for a 67-yard field goal by Justin Tucker. Which, we know, listen, he's made 70-yarders in warm-ups. He currently, as we speak, still holds the record for the longest field goal in NFL history at 66 yards, which was a game-winning field goal last year against the, who was it? The, The Lions indoors. It was week three last year. So we know he's got the leg. He's the greatest kicker of all time. So I'm fine with the Ravens taking that field goal. And he missed it by inches. And the Jaguars escaped with the win. I said about Jacksonville, they're going to be six-win team, but a highly competitive six-win team. All of their losses, except for one, have come by single digits or one score. It's a talented team, but it's also a young team. But Doug Peterson... He's done a very good job with this team. Trevor Lawrence, the jump from year one to year two has been astronomical. You see why he was the number one pick in 2021. His development is going to just continue to get better and better and better. Uh, love what I saw from the Jags yesterday. Again, very similar circumstance here. Chargers beat the Cardinals by one. Why? Because they scored a touchdown and went for two in the win, and they got it to Gerald Everett from uh, Justin Herbert. Uh, I know there's a lot of people in the national media who, as of late, seem to be very low on Justin Herbert. Why? I don't know. I have a hard time understanding that one. But yesterday, kind of like Trevor Lawrence, he showed you why is that guy. You're down seven. You're on the road. You've gotten outplayed all day. Your team's gotten outplayed all day. Outcoached all day by Cliff Kingsbury, which shows you how, how bad of a head coach Brandon Staley is. But Justin Herbert overcame it. He was without Mike Williams. I don't think Keenan Allen played yesterday either. But relied on his backs. Austin Eckler, Gerald Everett. Won the game. Kept the Chargers in the playoff mix in the AFC. Right now, they're on the outside looking in. I did pick the Chargers to miss the playoffs this season. They're on the outside looking in as we speak. The Jets are in that last wild card spot. This could be a highly interesting finish uh, down the stretch. Raiders beat the Seahawks in a highly entertaining game. Josh Jacobs ran in the walk-off touchdown from 86 yards out. And Jacobs, by the way, in that game, had 229 yards rushing and two touchdowns, including the game winner. Uh... I just want to throw this out there. Oh, by the way, Derek Carr also played well. My guy, I love Derek Carr. Had a 78 QBR, 295 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, played very well against a great Seattle defense. I just want to throw this out there. I just want to throw this out there. That walk-off touchdown by uh, Josh Jacobs that we all saw, you know who delivered the last block to free Jacobs enough to where he could score from that far out? Jakob Johnson from the University of Tennessee. I've actually met Jakob in the past. Very good dude. Uh, very, you know, kind of laid back, chill guy. Uh, props to Jakob Johnson. Props to the Raiders. Second straight win. And doing it in overtime on the road, back-to-back weeks. Props to my man Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, and the Las Vegas Raiders, especially being very shorthanded. Chiefs beat the Rams 26-10. Listen, the Rams are a shell what they were last year. Bryce Perkins at starting quarterback. Did all he could. He's a third stringer. Played as well as I guess he could have. Uh, but Kansas City took care of business. They did what they were supposed to do. And then the, finally, the 49ers beat the Saints 13-0. The Saints could have easily won this game had they not fumbled, had they converted in the red zone, but they didn't, and the 49ers won that game. 
So, uh, the college football playoff. Six. I'm sorry. A week from now, when I do the show, we will know exactly once and for all who the final four teams are left. But that could also be the case as soon as Saturday at about 3.30, 4 o'clock Eastern time. Because a lot of shakeup happened in the country yesterday. Okay? Oregon lost again, which helps my Vols move up. My Vols, by the way, good win over Vanderbilt. I know it's Vanderbilt, but we denied them a bowl game, which is always good, denying your in-state rival a bowl game. We won 56 to nothing. Good job. Go Vols. Um, you, you, uh, Georgia won. Over Georgia Tech, did what they were supposed to do. Michigan shocked me by beating Ohio State. I want to give a big shout out, shout out to JJ McCarthy and how he played. Uh, I've been a big JJ McCarthy doubter uh, over the course of the season. I, ha- I haven't been that impressed by by how he's played this season. I've called him the Jimmy Garoppolo of college football, being completely reliant on Blake Corum in the run game. I can't hate man. JJ McCarthy played exceptionally well. Outplayed CJ Stroud of Ohio State. Okay, if you look at JJ McCarthy's numbers on Saturday. 12 for 24, not a great completion percentage, but 263 yards, three touchdowns, and a QBR 0 to 100 of 92. So J.J. McCarthy showed up and showed out. Good win for Michigan. Uh, they're highly likely to win the Big Ten against Purdue. Georgia's going to beat LSU in the SEC championship game. How do we know this? Because LSU just lost to 4-7 and seven Texas A&M. So LSU's out. The LSU's playoff hopes are dashed. They're done. Okay. Clemson's playoff ups are over. South Carolina beat them on the road. Props to the Gamecocks. USC beat, a TCU took care of Iowa State, by the way. And TCU beat Notre Dame. And Caleb Williams, by the way, just go and give him the Heisman Trophy. It's over. He's the Heisman winner. No questions asked. Give him the Heisman Trophy. But it's happening. (laughs) It's happening. I tried to warn y'all on Friday. Or, I'm sorry, it was Wednesday, because I did a Wednesday show day before Thanksgiving. Alabama's getting in the playoff, okay? Alabama's going to get in the college football playoff. How do I know this? Because took care of Auburn yesterday, did what they were supposed to do. TCU won, USC won, so they didn't get all the help they needed. They got a lot of it. LSU lost, by the way. So LSU is totally out. Even if they were to upset Georgia, LSU cannot get into the playoff because they have three losses. Alabama's still live, and here's why. First of all, we're going to know tomorrow night at 7, 8 Eastern, whenever the playoff rankings are on ESPN. We're going to know tomorrow night is an elimination night between Ohio State and Alabama. Whoever is ranked higher has a shot. Whoever's ranked, really, basically, whoever's ranked fifth still has a shot. Whoever's ranked sixth is done. Because neither Alabama or Ohio State made their conference championship games. We know this, okay? Bama didn't make the SEC championship game, and Ohio State didn't make the Big Ten championship game. So neither play this weekend. So there's nothing they can do to jump the other. There's nothing they can do to outperform the other because neither of them played this weekend. So it's an elimination game. How the committee could say with a straight face that Ohio State is better than Alabama would be unbelievable to me. Strength of schedule, Alabama's, you know, they had to play this season at Texas. That's a tough road environment. At Tennessee, also a tough road environment. At LSU, also a tough road environment. You know, uh, 
You know, Ohio State had to play Notre Dame before they were good, before they turned their season around. At Penn State, it's an impressive win. It's a tough place to win. But then you got some Indianas in there, some Maryland's and Northwestern and, and Iowa and Michigan State. And some of these teams didn't make bowl games, folks. You're telling me Alabama at home would lose by three scores against Michigan? They might lose. I think Michigan's better than Alabama. They would not lose by three scores. And there's and a lot of Ohio State fans are calling for Ryan Day's job. Stop it. He's a good coach. Like, Ryan Day's a good coach. Stop. But there's an alarming trend with Ryan Day coach teams the last two years. Anytime they play a physical team, they struggle. Last year, Oregon, physical Hitching them out team. They lost at home. Last game of the season, the game. They went to Michigan. Physical team. Lost. This year, Michigan. Physical team at home. Got destroyed. Alabama's two losses this season come by a combined four points. At Tennessee on a walk-off field goal. At LSU on a two-point conversion. Both are, as we sit here today, top 10 teams. Tennessee's definitely going to be, Tennessee's probably going to end up number seven because of the teams that lost ahead of them. LSU may drop out of the top 10, but they're still a top 15 team. And it did take a two-point conversion to beat them. All Alabama needs is for USC to lose or TCU to lose. And we, we, before I get pushback, I'm like, oh, how can you take TCU out? 12-0. and 0. I just so what if they lose to Kansas State? Hasn't TCU kind of been the Philadelphia Eagles of college football? Haven't they kind of been living on borrowed time? Listen, Max Duggan has been great. Heisman Trophy finalist in my view. But there's a reason Las Vegas is barely favoring them to win some of these games. I'm just throwing it out there. I said it last week. I'm more confident of it ever today. Alabama is going to make the college football playoff. I don't know if USC is going to lose on Friday to Utah. I don't know if TCU is going to lose to Kansas State on Saturday. One of those two will happen. Today, I'm more confident that it's TCU losing to Kansas State because USC is playing out of their mind. Caleb Williams is playing out of his mind. Bama is going to get in the playoff. I'm just telling you right now. You don't have to love it, but they're going to get in the playoff. So we got a game tonight real quick before we get out of here. Steelers Colts will start the back. Pittsburgh Steelers got the Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis at home is favored at minus two and a half. Pittsburgh's three and seven. They're not playing well. Kenny Pickett has had a pretty rough rookie season, which is to be expected by most rookies. Uh, we can't all come out looking like Dak Prescott. But Pittsburgh's offense, though, as of late, they've had their moments. They beat the Saints by double digits a couple weeks ago. And for what it's worth, they scored 30 on the Cincinnati Bengals, who just held the Titans to 16. So the running game, Najee Harris has finally found, you know, his 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 groove, his mojo. The Steelers' offensive line is playing a little better. George Pickens is still a matchup nightmare on the outside. And it is still Mike Tomlin. On the road against a Colts team led by Jeff Saturday, and that should tell you all I need to know. They're led by Jeff Saturday and they're quarterbacked by Matt Ryan. I, I guess I get why the Colts are favoring this game just because they're at home. But the Steelers have a long winning streak against the Colts. They've had a lot of different quarterbacks starting this game. I'm going to take the Steelers to win this one. Get the upset. 
22 to 21 over the Indianapolis Colts and gets a four and seven. Very good chance Mike Tomlin's long streak of not having a losing record is probably done. However, I think Pittsburgh wins at Indianapolis. Again, the Colts, eventually Jeff Saturday is going to get exposed. He did a little bit last week against Philadelphia. Give me the Steelers to win this game. 22 to 21 over the Indianapolis Colts. Before we get out of here, let me check, make sure either I have three losses in my pickums from week 12 or I have four. Let me, I think it's probably four, but let me check. Okay, let's see how many losses. One, two, three, four. Okay, yeah, four losses. Okay, because I, I picked the Titans, I picked the Buccaneers, and the Cardinals and the Seahawks. So, there you go. I'm in a competition with my dad right now, so I got to tracking it. All right, that is all the time we have for today's show. I appreciate everybody stopping by as always. Be sure to catch Carving It Up Live on Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. 3 p.m. Pacific time on Facebook Live, YouTube, and on Twitter. Also, be sure to like, share, comment, and take two seconds out of your day. Hit that big red subscribe button and hit that notification bell. Get alerts anytime we upload a new video, uh, a new YouTube short, or when we do a live show three times a week, Monday, Thursday, Friday, 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific time. Also, be sure to catch Carving It Up on the GRID Network. That is G-R-Y-D, the GRID Network on YouTube. Again, like, share, comment. And subscribe to the Grid Network on YouTube. That is also where you can find my show, uh, along with the others, uh, the All Even Podcast, Clutch Sports Talk, the Cowboys Can Fan Podcast, uh, uh, Chaotic Sports, uh, Rocket Fuel Jets Podcast. Great creators, great guys. Check my show out on the Grid Network on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, as well as wherever you listen to your podcast, and check out those other creators. They do a great, great job. They work very hard. So please be sure to to give them their flowers. Check their their work out. And uh, yeah, man, we're, we're building this thing. As we say at the grid, dare to be different. Have a great week, everybody. Please continue to stay safe out there. God bless you all. Peace out. And Alabama's getting in, whether you like it or not. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.